This is Blythe Baines, and you're listening to Inspirato Projecto. I like that we jitter together. Can you pass me another? Oh my gosh. And sure enough, no way. We get, yeah, literally, literally. So it's we brilliant. Missed, 
missed two different ferries and still made our flight. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm just like, it's, that's like a miracle. <laughs> it's a miracle. And I like I didn't even hear, you know, the reason for why the flight was delayed that long. But we were at the airport for honestly like at least 35 minutes like waiting for the flight so we completely made it good on time Whoa. just because of this happy coincidence <laughs> these things you know when you have when you have those kinds of examples in your brain it is you know there is no way to look back to a time when we never thought that something like that was possible you know it's like okay once you have enough of these examples and it just becomes commonplace, and yeah. it just becomes something that, like, you can never... It's crazy when you look... Okay, so, for instance, that happening to you is like someone winning the lottery. Yeah. You know, so if you look at it in that kind of sense, because yeah. there had to be a whole... It had to be a whole bunch of tiny little things yeah. that are zipping, zapping all around. Yeah, no, exactly. In order for that path to really open up well, the way that it did. And that's why I think it's so important to understand everything happens for a reason. So even if you do like miss a flight or something, maybe you're supposed to meet like your future best friend, like who's going back to the same place. You have a great time talking, you get each other's numbers and you become influential in each other's lives for like the rest of your lives. Or like maybe they're gonna lead you to some other place. You know, it's all, you, you have to realize that it's all um, helping you towards these goals. And when you can realize that these people are playing, you know, just this wonderful part in this, this whole, like, play that is, like, the theater of life. Yeah. You know, and you appreciate it and you're like, okay, everything's happening for a reason. Um, then it's just like, holy cow. <laughs> How is this not being, you know, this is really something that just really ought to be taught to kids, right? Right yeah. from the beginning. I, I wish that it was taught in churches. I wish that it was taught in schools. Um, and, you know, I, I feel like I've been seeing more and more schools try to, like, implement meditation programs, mm. which I think is a really good idea mm -hmm. just for combating with the, you know, the depression and the anxiety that so yeah. many kids are growing up with nowadays. Um, because, you know, when you really learn how to control your brain and when you become friends with it rather than being controlled by it, you don't have the same kind of like anxiety and depression issues and I think even you know nutrition is a big part of that because like when I was a kid I had the worst anxiety like so bad uh, like I would have panic attacks all the time mm. and when I changed my diet to um, you know mostly plant-based and um, just you know like no sugar mm. or like very low amounts of sugar when I started really uh, understanding that the body's chemistry and feeding myself properly that's when my anxiety went away and I was like straight up like diagnosed with it like I was put on like meds for it the wow. meds made my brain so like foggy and literally just when I was younger it was so hard to function because so of it crazy. and literally just getting the nutrients that I needed that was enough to make it so that oh I didn't gosh. have any of those kinds of issues. Oh my gosh. And, um, you know, at that point, like when I was, you know, getting better nutrition, um, you know, my brain started working better. And there were still, you know, the after effects of all that kind of stuff. But then when I was in that place, when I wasn't having like panic attacks 24 seven, I started meditating. And literally, I just found this peace and this understanding. And I 
like out of everyone I know I really feel like I have the least amount of issues like I I honestly can't think of one real like issue that I have and I'm like wow <laughs> that's really yeah. something considering yeah. like you know back when I was a kid it was just like every single day just all these panic attacks all this stuff Whoa. like yeah. what, what was the what would you say is some of the first things that actually started you uh like, what were some of the breadcrumbs that you can look back on right now that the universe had placed there that where, where it started waking you up to seeing the, the, the hidden aspect? Huh. Well, I think, honestly, like, when I got into manifestation, because I'd read a little bit about it, mm-hmm. um, and I decided to start trying it. So the first day I was like okay, I'm going to manifest a cup of coffee. And I actually, I came here, right to this place, met up with my friend, and um, just so happened that he was like, I'm paying for your coffee. And I'm like, well, you know, it's the first day that I tried I to do this. I love it. You know? I love it. Um, so got my free cup of coffee. And I had had this plan before or whatever. I, and I was like, it can happen in any kind of way. Because I go to the coffee shop across the street also. I was like, this can happen in any kind of way. And I wasn't setting it to happen that day. I was like... Okay, you know, like, you know, I'm just going to, yeah, yeah. I'm going to manifest yeah. a cup of coffee. I wasn't like, you know, this guy has to buy me a cup of coffee or this is not going to happen. Um, yeah, I was like, at some point, it's going to happen. Then the next, the next day, I was like, I'm going to manifest guacamole and chips. And so I went to this Mexican place in town and um, I, I go there and like, I used to get like takeout from there a lot uh, of like guacamole and chips. And so I I go up there and he has this bag and he's like today it's free for you and that's never happened ever again in the history of me going there that's the one time that I got my guacamole and chips for free what a great way to start off your journey in terms of because you're like okay we did that we did that yep. let's try what's and that so oh my God. I just you know I had a notebook that I was using and you know I still own this notebook I just don't carry it around anymore because it's full um and I would just list the things that I wanted to manifest. And I would, like, check them off when they manifested. And I would write my synchronicities in them. And, Beautiful. you know, having just the mix of, like, the synchronicities in the manifestations in a journal, it's, like, just, like, packing this thing full of, like, belief and full of, like, evidence that you're actually able to do this stuff. Um, and so, yeah, it's honestly been... I've manifested some of the craziest stuff. Oh my god. Oh my god. (laughs) It's incredible. I mean, would you have ever thought that you'd be making your own EPs and, you know, like how cool is that? Okay, the craziest part. Okay, so I, um, years ago, I don't know if it was years ago, it was right when I released my song Stars, that was the first song of mine that ever got, like, played on the radio, and that's the song that I was like, okay, maybe, you know, maybe I should, like, be doing this music thing more, like. Mm. Um, but that day I remember like putting out an intention and I was like, you know, just to see if I could manifest it. I was like, I want to be like with Sony and uh, I am now signed with a subsidiary of Sony. Astounding. And I'm just like, that's insane. Astounding. That's like absolutely insane. I literally like put that intention out. It happened. Um, before that, uh, I was with a subsidiary of UMG and Capital, and that was great too, but I just think it's so funny that, you know, that whole thing ended up, like, manifesting, um, and it was, you know, I don't know, it was just the craziest thing, but, 
Yeah, it's like I, I have a lot of synchronicities involving music actually. Like the day that I fully decided that I wanted to pursue music, um, like the day that I literally decided with Carter, okay, we're, like we're doing an EP, we're gonna like figure this out. Uh, I I love Lana Del Rey. I ran into Lana Del Rey at a bathroom at Tao. She's like my favorite. It's crazy. Literally, it was her birthday too. So (laughs) the day that I decided to do music, I ran into my favorite (laughs) musician. And I'm just like, that is absolutely insane. I was like, that's a sign. Unignorable. I mean, that is just so, that is like, that is like, you, (laughs) when you have that kind of sign, you're like, okay. Universe really has my back on this one. I gotta, I gotta make sure I keep going forward with this. Yeah, no, exactly. And it's been like, wow, you know, it's been taking these, these steps towards all of the goals. Like since we were on the radio show, like we've had like you know gotten like a bunch more streams. Like I don't even think we had released the EP when. Uh, when I went on the radio show, I think the only song that I had out was Stars. Wow. Um, and we actually, the other day, we just hit our millionth stream on Spotify. Whoa. Yeah, and so that was like a milestone. Whoa, that's and, crazy. Like, it was just absolutely insane because, like, and I'm sure that that was one of the things that I had, like, put somewhere on, like, a list of, like, I want, like, a million Spotify streams, something like that, like... Oh my god. Because it's, I don't know, it's such like a milestone. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then you just gotta like set more milestones and like, okay, well now I did that. Um, but it's been really cool. Like we've gotten a pretty good Brazilian following, especially from this one song that I did called Crystal Clear, which is also kind of just about like all this kind of stuff. And I like that, um, you know, it's, it's kind of uh, attracted like, you know, a kind of open-minded uh, base of listeners, which is really neat. People wow. who are into some of this kind of stuff. And the people who listen to my stuff, they've just been so sweet. They send me the nicest messages. Like, I genuinely, I feel so lucky because I don't have a lot of, like, creepy people, like, tweeting, like, hey, baby, like, what's up? No, it's, yeah. like, you know, mostly just really nice people saying, like, hey, I really like your music. You know, I love this song. I listen to it on repeat, just, like, all that kind of stuff. And I'm so grateful for it because I really did luck out in terms of getting, like, a really great base of listeners. Um, really great supporters. I'm a lucky girl. And look at the information that you're putting into your songs. You know, that yeah. has a lot to do with it. I, I mean, that's, you know, the information that you're putting into those songs that people are reverberating with, and they're going to keep sharing that with others yeah. who reverberate with that well, same kind of... I want to I want to help open people up to this kind of stuff. Like, I Oh, want, yes. I want um, to help empower people. Like, I want them to see that they're, you know, they are, like, conscious creators. Even, you know, I have a song that like we wanted it to sound like you know just girly like almost like I don't know like you can listen to it from one standpoint and be like oh this is like you know basic girl song whatever um but on another level it's about manifestation and it's called spoiled and it's just kind of like you know this pop song that's about manifestation and Mm. you know like you know if you can feel it then it's real um and just like I've had some crazy experiences with like manifesting jewelry and I think it's it comes from the point of like 
you know, when you want something and it, the desire is coming from your soul and not your ego, like, I, I don't like jewelry because I think other people are going to, like, look at me and think, like, oh, like, you know, she has some nice jewelry. I like it because I believe that gold has kind of, like, spiritual powers, that, you know, gems have, like, you know, these properties to them, mm -hmm. like, all this kind of stuff. And I think of them as, you know, like, jewelry is, like, a beautiful work of art. And so I'm seeing it with that kind of perspective. And I, you know, I think the Egyptians even just had all this understanding about these kinds of things. And that's why they were like all adorned in, in this gold. It wasn't because they were vain or anything. Um, and so it's been in my life, like strangely easy for me to manifest jewelry, uh, even like very specific types of jewelry. Like I wrote a letter to a friend that was like, I really want, um, like I said, I want a ring, uh, either a ring or a necklace with a navy blue sapphire. Um, and literally, it was the craziest thing because three days later, I was in a car with my mom and I said, I want a sapphire. And she's like, like a ring? I say, yeah, like a navy blue sapphire ring. And she says, well, 20 years ago, my mother gave me one, but it was too. So in that little piece you just heard there with Blythe Baines, she mentioned about writing that letter about the sapphire, getting it out there, and then her mom saying that she already had this sapphire that was too big for her, but it fit Blythe perfectly. And Blythe was talking about the, the importance of, you know, writing the letters, getting them out there. And I started thinking about this. There's this place, have you heard about this? It's called the Dead Letter Office. The Dead Letter Office. This is something that is at the post office. Uh, it is a facility within a postal service where, where the undeliverable mail is processed. So here we go. Uh, mail is considered to be undeliverable when the address is invalid, so it cannot be delivered to addressee, and there is no return address, so it cannot be returned to the sender. So just think about this. All these dead letters are con c collected at this office. Do you think at this point, with all the technology we got, there'd be a way to look through all this and figure out... Um, where, where it came from, where it could go. You know, getting a hold of the original person even. Maybe there are no return addresses. You know, probably a lot of letters to Santa. Um, so the dead letter office, that's, that's always been something that's kind of like rattled around in my brain. I once playfully named a song for a brief moment, the dead letter office, just as a placeholder title. I love that idea, the dead letter office. And so after listening to Blaith Bynes talk about writing letters, what if you intentionally wrote letters to the dead letter office? Dear dead letter office. Dear dead letter office. Who there would open that? What a fun little Easter egg to leave for somebody. You have no idea who's going to open it up. You have no idea who's going to take a look at it. What kind of eyes are actually looking at it, considering it, questioning it, cautious? I'd love to talk to any postal workers. I, I, I think I need to interview some postal workers. Do they ever get curious 
about the personalities, the handwriting. Are there any handwriting anal- an- an- analyzers, analyzers, who have looked at letters uh, or uh, at the uh, at the handwriting on the outside of these envelopes? Envelope. Have they looked on the envelope? Have they looked on the envelope? It's kind of like a Swedish uh, surfer. Have you looked on the envelope? It's time to go surf on. So addressing letters to the dead letter office with, with these wonderful intentions. With these wonderful intentions. Wow. What if there's a rise in letters to the dead letter office after people listening to this podcast? Wouldn't that be fun to, to relate it directly to this? If you're going to send letters to the dead letter office, what would be some of your subjects? Dead letter office. Attention. Dead letter office. See, and then the post... So so let's say, for instance, if you put a stamp or you don't put a stamp. Let's say you don't put a stamp. You go, attention, dead letter office. You write it out on the front. Will that poster worker, you want to believe that poster worker is going to pick that up, bring that to wherever the dead letter office is. How, how big of a space is the dead letter office? How long do they wait until they shred the documents? Do they not shred the documents? Do they hope that they got an investigator? The postal the postal investigator. Now, see, that would be awesome. There ought to be a division like that. A detective, postal detective. What if there are psychics who work in there, in the dead letter office? They get these letters and they go, ah, I feel where this came from, this vibe. They track it down. They find out the mystery. Maybe they run their hand over the letter. They can find out what the contents are. What if it's admitting to a murder of something? Whoa. That could be a really cool idea. If you're going to use that idea, let's work together on it, huh? Let's work together on it. In this next segment, we have... Another crazy piece from the 311 cruise. And uh, so it's kind of a choose your own adventure kind of conversation. There's a lot of conversations going on and you get to listen. That's what's so part about fun about this. This is the whole Inspirato Projecto, this mixtape, so to speak, of every episode Uh Enables you, dear listener, to tune in to whatever sounds you want to tune into. Isn't that fun? It's it's training you. It's training you. It's training me. We're all being trained. What are we training for? What are we training for? Uh, how to be better collaborators, how to be better reciprocators, how to be better antennae, how to be better receivers, how to be more better transmitters, how to be the best besters of the bestists. Bestists. The best bestists. The best best. Hi, nice to meet you. I'm best bestest. Best bestest. Pleasure pleasure to meet you. I'm best bestest. This is my wife, Win- uh, Winnie Winnie Winstest. Brett bestest and Winnie Win Win Winnerist. Winner Winnie Winnerist Bet Brett Brett Best Bet Brett 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 Bestest and Winnie Winnerist. Winter. Winnerist. 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 What the hell? Winnerist. She is the winnerist. Maybe she's an Olympic medal 
for, maybe she's in the Olympics. Winnie Winterist. So good. Winnie Winterist. Brett Bestest. Brett Bestest. Uh, bestest at, you know, just basically really doing a great job. Uh, oh, gosh. What about Walty? Uh, no, no, no. Weisey. Weiss. Weiss? Weiss. I think that's a name, right? Weiss? Weiss Wisest. Weiss Wisest. That's good. Weiss. Weiss Wisest. <laughs> so good. Weiss, Weiss Wisest. Weiss Wisest. So, uh, yeah, here we go. Uh, we're tuning in. We're tuning in. We're tuning in. It's up to us how do we how we want to uh, view those conversations on this 311 cruise. This is, imagine Hunter S. Thompson during his Rolling Stone days. This, I am a gonzo journalist. I finally admitted it aloud. I'm a gonzo journalist. It's so exciting. So you guys um, listen to 311? I'm sure you guys do. You know, I grew up, you know, it's so interesting. So my cousin Scott Madden, way back in the day, he worked for Capricorn Records. And 311 was on Capricorn Records. Capricorn Records has since, you know, disappeared. But he did all the Midwest promotion for 311. And so I, so he would give us these CDs of these brand new bands that were not even out on the shelves yet. And it would have a little stamp on there in silver that would say, for promotional use only, you, you know, you can't share this, you cannot duplicate this. So I had, their first CD like two weeks before came out in the stores and I was like it was like this crazy mysterious thing because I'd never heard any kind of music like that before in my entire life and the, the dude the freaking snare drum you never hear a snare drum like that in any other song in the world and he's just I mean dude it's like freaking like a drum line thing it's amazing and so I'd listen to music and I appreciate you know I appreciate 311 Two years, and I'd have you know a series of different songs. Now I'm not, to be honest, I'm not very good with remembering lyrics. Of course, but of course you know what song. But the vibe, you know, the vibes feel good. And then for them to revive it, you know, do it live. And we go out and see all these people singing the lyrics and just like, because there's a there's a love, there's an appreciation for this, and so everybody is just just giving themselves to it. It's so cool. And for everybody to unapologetically just, dude, like the devil, did you see the devil costume guy? Yeah. Okay. Did you see the Jesus costume? I did. I wanted a picture of him. I did too, and that's what I kept telling those guys. No, I never saw it. They had like fight or something. Oh my god! Someone told me I heard or arm wrestle or some shit. Oh my god! Yeah, like a series of crazy photos. You know, like maybe they're doing the the slot machines. They're like this. Yeah. Like, whoa, and there's an action photo and they're playing craps you know, or something. But Satan, the Satan guy, that guy was falling asleep standing up. And did you see those contacts in his eyes? He's like this. Oh my God. But the contacts in his eyes were like, it was it was just like a pupil with white surrounded by a circle. You know those kinds of contacts? Like, it's like, it's just like, so I see through the window. I see through the window. And he's just standing He's like this, and then he's he's bump, bumping his head. Like he's bumping his head against the against the glass. 
<laughs> and dude, and you see, there's all this red on the glass. Oh my he's god! Going, and his eyes are just he's like this. He's going, conk, conk. And me, me, and this girl who's dressed who's dressed like Velma for Halloween. She's dressed like Velma, and her her tall boyfriend, her husband. The three of us. She goes, let's take Satan to his room. And he, and then and then the boyfriend's and the husband's like, yeah, we're gonna go to hell and back. <laughs> we're gonna go. Yeah, and then I'm like, okay, let's do it. So we t- we we we're outside. We're like, Satan, come on, come on with us. And we take an arm. And he's like. And he's like trying to look us in the, in the eye, and his eyes are just wide open. And he's like trying to look at us, and his eyes are like blinking strange. He's like, I fucking love you guys. I fucking love you guys. He's like trying to look us in the eye. I fucking love you guys. Thank you. We're like, come on, Satan. We're gonna take you to your room. And we're trying to walk with him, and we're just kind of dragging him through the hall. And he's like, seriously, guys. I love you guys. And he's like trying to look at Sydney eye. And should we take him to his take him to his door? And like three or four times we can't get the key card to work. And then I'm like we're and then the door opens and then the Velma girl, she's like, I need a good I need to use your bathroom, I need to go to the bathroom. And so we stand in the doorway with Satan, you know, holding him up. He's like he's wobbling his whole and he's like trying to look us look us in the eyes and like thank us. Thank us for getting him home safe. And meanwhile, his roommates, or whoever's in a room, is sleeping in the bed. And, you know, there's this light shining in there, and we're in the doorway. And we're loud. And, like, at least 15 minutes pass, and the girl's still in the bathroom. And I'm, like, trying to bide the time and talk, talk slow. And, like, so Satan, you know, it looked like you fell asleep with your eyes open. We thought it was time to take you back to your bed. You know, and uh, thank God he remembered the, the, the number of his... He, he said he was like five five he's like five five seven i go i love it satan i think we just need one more digit in there we just we just we could go through all those you know one through t- zero or whatever i'm like we just need one more digit yeah just we're just one so it was like solving this mystery so it felt like a scooby-doo episode so i had this tall guy i had a little velma girl we had satan i was on the other side and we're bumping through the hallway and we're like oh, excuse me he is a big dude no, he's not a little guy. That's a heavy guy, He's a big dude. And God bless that guy for wearing the Satan. Yo, for real. The whole time. Oh, my God, dude. So we're having a discussion with him in the hallway. And meanwhile, his roommate, like, turns around. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. This is loud. He goes, he's like, no, dude. And he's, like, scratching his head. He's like, he's like, no, dude, this is awesome. This is awesome. <laughs> And the guy, we just woke him up out of a deep sleep. He's like, he's just laughing at his boy. All he's just, he's like, he's stretching. He's like, no, this is awesome, man. Oh my god, dude. He's probably still half drunk. Meanwhile, we got drunk Satan. What happened to the girl? She ended up coming out. She's like, Satan. She's like, uh, I had to drop the kids off in the pool. Oh my like, Zing. You know, I was like, oh my god. Of course, and she's like, "No, I'm just kidding." And we're like, and I'm like, "Oh my God, you're so funny." And we say, "Okay, goodbye, Satan." She goes, "I had to bide some time." Yes, I did drop a bomb with it. 
she's like, yeah, I don't no like shame in her game at all. So she's thinking, if she makes him laugh, he'll kind of forget about the fact she stunk up the bathroom. Oh my God, there's so many levels to the hilarity of that moment in time. Oh my God. Oh my God. What a fun thing. So, so as we're coming back, you know, the, the husband's like, he's like, Yep, we did it. We went to hell and back. Oh, my God. It was so good. Seriously, like, literally trying to hold his heavy ass. Dude, and I forgot to ask him if he was going to go to sleep. And all the horns, because he had the horns and everything. And his makeup was just crazy. And oddly enough, even though, even though you know, half, you know, his makeup was on the window, you know, that I saw him banging his head against. He still, it didn't look like, he still, it must have been caked on there. He didn't have any makeup missing from his face. Every day or he like, mu- he must take a shower. <laughs> well, that was the thing. I was wondering, like, is he going to sleep with like, like, just like, <laughs> like a plastic bag here, so he didn't get the pillow, you know, red? Or is he getting a pillow all red? And like, yeah, you know, I just mentioned like freaking out the the, the maids. And stuff. I know, he's all red every morning. Like, oh my god, Satan, dude. So fun to listen back on those those audio records that I caught on the uh, on the 311 cruise while the Yachtly crew was out there. So much fun. <clears throat> now we're going to change gears and we're going to jump back into I totally forgot that story happened where we we walked down the hallway of Satan. <laughs> that was so funny. Um now we're on on to uh another piece of the interview. With Spencer McCall, the editor, director of the Institute, which is all about the Jejun Society. And then also, this movie that he's trying to figure out what to do with, called Bright Axiom, which is all about the Latitude Society. I've been watching and re-watching this, this documentary. He gave me a secret link to this thing. It's not out there in the world yet. I mean, this thing is awesome. If any of you are, are distributors or anything, um, let me know, and uh, yeah, let me know, and uh, I'll I'll pass your info on to him. It's uh, this, this, uh, this, these segments with Spencer McCall are mind benders. We also got mind benders with Blythe Baines. She's talking about uh, manifestation of reality. We're talking here with Spencer McCall, the, the perception manager, management, perception management. This guy, he creates realities that others live within. Uh, it's very reminiscent, this whole attitude society. When you see the trailer for this thing, which, um, you can go to Vimeo and search for Spencer McCall. You'll be able to find it along with a whole slew of other awesome short films that he did. But take a look at this and you'll see how this is. And what's so crazy about this is that this is like the real life actual embodiment of what reminds me of the stuff that when I was following the AndyKaufmanLives.com stuff. This is crazy how this stuff is looping right back around in some very interesting ways. Uh, because on AndyKaufmanLives.com, there used to be this thing where it said King will invite... uh, There's this whole thing called the Book of Illusions, and they're like, 
eight chapters. And so it, it was very interesting. That's something you want to check out too. Check out, if you go to, go to uh, you can really see this stuff. Go to, you can look through the history of what the website used to be. Check out, uh, go to, uh, go to uh, archive.org. Look in the Wayback Machine, type in andykaufmanlives.com. It'll come up with for you all of the past pages. You can look through that information. I mean, as you can understand, in, in those days of the Internet, it really hooked me onto this big, crazy rabbit hole. So one of the things was that, was that uh, people who would watch this particular DVD would get these golden tickets to take them out to an island, to take them out to Aruba, where King would reveal his true identity and it's interesting when you read this stuff and you see and knowing what I know with the AndyKaufmanLives.com stuff, seeing how that all evolved. Uh, this stuff reminds me a lot of that with the Latitude Society. This is like a real life version of that. People received notices. They were contacted just by other people saying you're special and we need you at this community. So. Anyway, without further ado, here we go. Spencer McCall, I think it's going to explode your mind. And, and, and uh, we're going to have more bits of this in the future on, on other episodes. I'm divvying these up in 10 minutes. I don't have all that much to share. So I really want to draw it out because, man, it's so, it's so good. It's huge to wrap your mind around. All right, here we go. I grew up. Jewish. I hated uh, going to temple, and I kind of abandoned. Um, I, I kind of I, I had a misplaced moment where, um, and this was in college, and I think this is true for a lot of people, where I I misplaced uh, the hatred I had for the organization with the the not spirit spirituality or, or theology of it, but with um, some of the rituals that went along with it. Mm. So it's like just because. <sighs> Just because like I don't like going to church doesn't mean I can't enjoy Christmas or whatever mm -hmm. or Easter, you know. Right. And but but for a little while, and I think this is true with a lot of people who like fall out of um, the congregation that they grew up in, other because they they leave home or whatever, they have to lump a lot of that stuff in with it, um, whether that means like I don't I no longer believe in any kind of higher power or anything like that. Um, it's still recording. Yeah, so like I don't know. I think I think for for some people when they when they leave their congregation, they abandon like any form of spirituality, and they also abandon a lot of the ritual that went along with it. For instance, um, maybe because I, I married somebody who's not Jewish, but like I can't remember the last time I celebrated Hanukkah, you know, and stuff like that. So anyway, it creates like a little bit of a vacuum that all of a sudden, when you find this thing that says, okay, you don't need to believe in what you believed before you don't even need to believe in a higher power but you need to but you get this set of like rituals and this congregation it fills this weird like hole in humanity where i mean we're all just these lonely weirdos like roaming around individually so if we can figure out a way to to congregate and have a set of practices that we all play an important role in i think that fills a fills a void for some some people and i think too the, the the pleasure and the excitement that comes with that community aspect the connection with others you know singing along with each other putting our arms around each other holding their hands this 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 idea that you're you're sort of this one organism that's that's playing together 
working together and it's interesting when when that that's that's the element that is like the truest element in in those religions yeah it's the other strange icky stuff that might be you know con, you know that's built around that stuff yeah it's like uh i like i love this aspect but uh, we could do without that stuff you know <laughs> and it sounds to me like with the latitude society it was almost like like just from what i saw on the trailer it seems like it, you were attempting to build a playful utopian um you know safe area to do creative stuff well that's interesting that you talk about like you use the word safe um and I'll, I'll get to that in one second but one one other just quick note is like somebody in in the the film during an interview said something that i hadn't put the words to it uh until after i spoke with her but we all say like i'm spiritual i'm not religious her thing is i'm religious i'm not spiritual you know i love I like the wafer, I like the red wine, I like the rosary beads or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and I thought that that was pretty cool. But the latitude was kind of interesting because we, we talk a lot about safe, safe spaces in society. And I'm not even entirely clear what that term means because for some people, I think maybe like on the, on the right or whatever, a safe space would be where they can say not PC things or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then maybe on the left, the safe space is where everybody's allowed to be, uh, you know, uh, proud of, of who they are and not be shamed in any way or something like that. You can say, like, yes, I, I, I have had an abortion and, and you know, the safe space is that you won't be judged for that or something like that. Um, the latitude, though, was almost intentionally not a safe space. Oh! <laughs> it was almost intentionally a place to, like, Jimmy you out of your comfort zone. A oh, bit gotcha! And, and mess with you, and and if you survive that process, you're good. You know, you're you're in. You're one of us. Uh, for a so lot you're of sort of challenging their realities with things that were happening out there. Yeah, opposed to a space where you're comfy and, co and cozy. The whole okay, time. Yeah, I love it. That I love it. That's great. Idea. But then once you get through that that turbulent, um, as we'd say, flux state, uh, then. Who are you and where are you and who are these people and yeah um, so it was it was a very strange ordeal. What was the core? Uh, how long did that? How long did that? When did that start? And then like how long was the whole yeah that whole thing? Um, so it Jejun closed in I think it was April of 2011 and then it was in 2013 that the latitude sprang up as a pay it forward kind of thing so you couldn't pay to join you would just be gifted a card and told to like you know go do this thing oh, and then cool. hello sir may i have some more coffee when you get the afternoon thanks and then afterwards if you enjoyed the experience it was sort of like a exit through the gift shop thing where if you want to pay this forward this experience forward then you can buy a card oh, that cool that yeah but that business model wasn't oh it wasn't ultimate. working too well oh boy no so when they tried to create like a membership like a tithing kind of thing uh all help broke loose and oh. i'll just leave it at that with right the, right with the film but um it went i think yeah it opened sometime in early 2013 thank you not early 2013 Say like this. like the, the location itself, or are you talk about the idea itself? The location. Oh, the location. Yeah, the doors opened in, I think, the spring or summer of 2013. Did you, how, did you build those houses? Were those pre-existing little huts? I helped build those houses, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, uh, man. With a really, yeah, helped build those you houses. You basically built your own little village. Yeah. I mean, yeah. where the heck, where, do you know, I, I, is this village still, a, yeah. like... Uh, it's in Mendocino. 
Really? Yeah. It's is on it, the compound. Is it visitable? I mean, is it? Is it like? Because you said it closed, but like, is it this closed, still a? But now I think um, I think they may be open for like Airbnbs in the future. Uh, probably not the too distant future. Oh my actually. god! I would love to visit that place just to look around. Have you been to, to Mendocino? Mendocino or no, I never there? have. It's, it's mm-hmm. a pretty magical place. It's it's like being in some fairy tale. Like whoa, land. man. Oh. Yeah, I, I, so I helped build the video installations and did some of the performance stuff, and then... Helped. Did someone just have this land, and they're like, we want you to build this uh, thing here, or... Basically, yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's incredible. It, yeah, I'll, I'll send you a link. Uh, I'd love to know what you think. Yeah, yeah. How many little... I, 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 it's little, like six. Six little huts, yeah. so six little... And then there's like a... Uh, what you don't see much of is there's like a bunkhouse uh, also. Where is that like the main like temple area sort or something? Of, yeah, or? there's oh. a few houses that are... I mean, it is perfectly set up location to be a cult compound, you know. Um, the difference was after... You know, and every summer they would have these... You you do all of the experiences like in the city all throughout the year and then if you were worthy essentially you were invited up to these retreats in Mendocino where you know they were just like batshit crazy astounding so were a lot of those folks members of Jijun they sort of migrated over into this thing you know what not as much not really there were some but there there was a big difference a lot of there was a humongous difference actually a lot of the Jijun people were like when they went into the latitude it was like nope no, this isn't for me. And the difference there, I think, was, it was there were a few things to it, but I think it came down to tone. Shijun mm. was um, a- absurd and silly and kind of funny. And it seemed like a choose-your-own-adventure quest yeah. just mm-hmm. out there for people to... Yeah, and it was, it was always a little tongue-in-cheek. Um, there was always, like, little jokes, and, and it was meant to be... There were definitely somber moments and really, like, powerful, touching moments. But the latitude was supposed to be like, like, oh, like this really um, kind of somber, creepy, like there could have been a vampire there or something. Right. It's just like tonally and thematically, they're, they're very different. Even if you want to say that they both did X for people and, mm. and pushing them out of comfort zones or whatever. Were people uh, actually living there or was it just like over a weekend? Was It It was how- over a week. So the retreats would happen over a weekend. So oh. people would show up Friday and then they would like either leave Sunday night or Monday. And sometimes they were like on long weekends. So they'd be like four days or something. Or I think, actually, I think you'd arrive like on third. When I did it, I went to a couple. I'd arrive Thursday, and then, you know, yeah, I got to just show you the, the thing. I'll send you the link. Uh, so, was there someone always living on cam- on campus, so to speak, who like was sort of the groundskeeper, or? And then, did you do it every weekend? Did you do it once a month? I mean, how often was that stuff? Uh, they were done once, really, just once a year. Oh, um, there was kind of like some New Year's Eve stuff that happened, but. There was a groundskeeper, and then Massey Burke, who's a really amazing um, uh, architect of, I mean, architect of, like, natural materials, I guess. So, like, they're all built with this weird sod and and stuff, and and that's it. They all had, like, power running through them and stuff like that. Wow. Oh, cool. Thank you very much. I'll try to I'll try to be quiet with that. Thank you. Well, heck, even if even if you're not, that adds to the whole charm of this whole thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, but there was a groundskeeper, and then Massey lived up there for like 
a year, maybe two years or something like that. And who's Massey? Was Massey he one of the guys was, who helped create it? Uh, Massey, she was one oh, of the um, the architects of like the huts themselves. So we'd go oh, up and wow. help build them, but she's like the design, the oh, one who like designed Oh, she's the one who, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Mm -hmm. And yeah, wow, they're, they're that must have been fun to, to see that kind of imagination come into reality, you know, where you design the idea of this hut and then, whoa, there it is. These things are livable. People are, here they are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It won't do much for your listeners, but um, afterwards I'll show you. Um, I'll show you some of like the the photos of that, wow. that period and some of the retreats. But wow, um, yeah, it was it was pretty crazy. So you're just figuring out what now to do with the the uh, what, was it bright axiom? Bright axiom, yeah, and yeah. We're kind of just figuring out what to do next with it. Um, and this was kind of true with the institute too. Like we finished it in April, and then I think everybody just kind of goes on vacation in the summer, and then mm. in the fall, like festivals kind of pick up. Nicoletta Vanderloo, uh, my friend who first hired Yachtly Crew to play at Grayson, her husband Grayson's surprise birthday party, which you can hear the, the uh, podcast of. She ended up talking to her people about getting us into Disney California Adventure. It's all thanks to her. And she sent, she sent me a picture. She goes, this is something I think you guys need. And they're called Spooky Mingos. Spooky Mingos. They're not pink flamingos. They're black and orange for Halloween. And, and she goes, you guys need these. And I thought, oh boy. And it spawned this whole idea about how cool it would be is if uh, we do a Halloween show instead of our uh, blue and white costumes, we're wearing orange jackets and black uh shirts and pants and our skin is all you know rotted and you know we 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 paint our faces and everything and maybe what would be funny is if our clothes were all torn up so i started so then i so then we started talking about the idea of like a halloween cruise a haunted cruise so you got a cruise that um you know eventually maybe it would be like a week long for halloween lovers Every day is a new opportunity to, to get to dressed up. Maybe dressed up. Maybe there's face painting on the on there. Maybe they block off an entire floor just for haunted things, or um, who knows? Who knows? You got bands that are all you know. Um, maybe the Misfits. You know, just these bands that dress up. Maybe Max Sabbath um, that dress up sort of in a playful Halloween kind of way. Um, <clears throat> Yatley Crew. So. Uh, then I started thinking, oh, wouldn't it be so fun to rent a charter a, a ship? And we've been thinking about this for Yacht La Cruz, like renting a ship and then charging people to be on it. And we drive around for three or four hours, you know, on a lake and Yacht La Cruz, maybe we play a couple of sets, two one hour sets. And then, um, you know, finish off the night, we get back, maybe... Maybe, uh, oh gosh, I mean, you know, that, that would be a good time. Maybe, and then we do the, a Halloween cruise where it's just for a day, you know, just for a few hours or something. So this is my prediction. There is going to be, cause I, th I was, I was talking about to, to Nicoletta and I said, you know, that it, I started joking about the idea of making a side band 
called Zombie Crew. And it would be just like Yachtly Crew, but it would just be zombies. So then I started thinking, oh boy. And then I would call myself Zombie Shores. And um, so then I started thinking, oh my gosh, that's the next thing. That's the next phase. I'm telling you right now, I'm calling it right now. If I don't invent it, it's... There's going to be a zombie yacht rock band. They're going to dress like zombies. I know it. Zombies with Hawaiian shirts, maybe. And uh, beach zombies. <laughs> beach zombies. <laughs> yacht. Oh, you call it rot rock. Rot yuck. Wait, rot yuck. Instead of yacht rock, you call it rot yuck. <laughs> rot yuck. It's a whole new, it's a whole new, it's a whole new genre. Rot yuck. And it's uh, zombies singing yacht rock classics. Oh my God. That would be great. That would be fun. Oh my God. Rot yuck. But yeah, keep on the lookout for yacht rock zombies. I mean, it's, it's only a matter of time till it really starts stretching and getting really crazy i mean before you know it there'll be a superhero team kind of thing called uh let's see what what would a superhero team of yacht rock yacht rock band of superheroes um hmm hmm i got i gotta think about that one i gotta think about that one I gotta think about that one. But mark my words, there will be a zombie yacht rock band, and guess what? You heard it here first. Here's a quick little <clears throat> song that I was just inventing for Instagram, like a theme song. Instagram, you take me as me. You offer me any filter that I see. I'm pinning all these eyes to the scenery Every Douglas fir is now blinking An epiphany just struck my uh, antenna here. I know I'm frequently inviting you to uh, call the hotline, the Inspirato Projecto hotline, which is 561-203-9179, and or even email it to me at inspiratoprojecto at gmail.com. About three minutes. Um, I know I've, I've said that before. 
I think I'm going to give you a little more direction. I would love it if you – how would you feel about doing a promo for Inspirato Projecto? Like you hear sometimes, you hear these folks, these wonderful folks, like Blythe Baines, for instance, uh, uh, and Mad Shelley. You'll hear the Mad Shelley production team at the end of this. Uh how do you feel about that? Do you want to call up? Do you want to s- submit it? You can say your name. You can use an alias. Uh, you know, if you've got a business. I mean, just do it fast. Say this is, you know, uh, this is, uh, I don't know. Let's say uh, this is, this is, uh, this, this is uh, Weiss Wiseman. Hi, this is Weiss Wiseman from... Jolly Do Good Eyeball Service. <laughs> and you're listening to Inspirato Projecto. You can include the project you're working on. Are you in a band? Yo, man. Yo, man. This is Razor Dog from the band Razor Dogs Incorporated. And you're listening to Inspirato Projecto. Anything. Anything goes. Hello. This is Carl Sagan. Talking to billions and billions of light years away from the planet Pluton. And you're listening to Inspirado Projecto. You get the point. You get the point. You get the point. You get it? Send it to me. Send it to me. Are you a fan of Yachtly Crew? Do you, are you a croupy, as they say? I like to also add Yahtzees. I thought, the, I thought that was a brilliant idea when, when Wizard of L.A. told me that, the Yahtzees. So I like to call them the Yahtzees and the Croupies. Which is great. And then you spell yacht, Y-A-C-H-T-S-E-A-S. Yahtzees, perfect. Croupies, perfect. Uh, are you a Yahtzee or a croupie? Say it in your, say it in your promo. Hello, this is Cabin... Ca- hello, this is Captain Stubing. I'm a... F- I'm a... Hello, this is Captain Stubing. I'm a... I'm a croupie of Yachtly Crew, and you're listening to Inspirato Projecto. Happy trails. Send one to me. It's, it, 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 you know, just send it to me. I'd love to put it on here. Uh, if you email me, email me your website or whatever, do you want, whatever it is you want to promote, and what I'll do is I'll link that in the description section. If you're looking at the, this description, in certain descriptions, you can actually see the hyperlinks. You can actually follow the hyperlinks. I don't always put hyperlinks in there, but I, I, I try to do more of it, more and more. I try to do more and more. So, uh, yeah, go ahead, try it, test it out. Five six one two zero three nine one seven nine. You like that vibrato? False vibrato. False vibrato. Five six one two zero three nine one seven nine. You could also uh, email me inspirato projecto at gmail dot com. Hey, Kurt, this is Richard Wilson from Mad Shelley Films, and we have a message for you. This, this is, is Mad Shelley Films, and, and you're, you're listening, listening to Inspirato Projecto Radio. Radio.